Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Raziel and I'm the host to the show where I get to interview Olympic athletes and hopefuls on their story and path to the games today. Special guest Thomas Rahimi, USA 2020 Olympic hopeful USA Taekwondo. Thomas was such a fun conversation to have. He has a very interesting life and a very interesting path to where he has been and his will be going. He also has a full-time job so that he can have another full-time job. So Thomas was a great conversation. Shout out to the business that allows him to do everything he does. So thank you very much to them. But first, have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? I mean, I can do it. Why the heck can't you, right? Um, so we have partnered with launchingpodcasts.com, an easy step-by-step video course to take you from ideation all the way to your fourth episode of the podcast. This gives you soups to nut, soup to nuts, and Rob really goes into everything that you need to do to make sure that you can create your own podcast. Why did I do it? I can create brand awareness. I can get people to understand what I'm doing. I can build relationships. It's been so incredible. It's also my favorite part of every day. So that really helps, but make sure to listen or make sure to visit launchingpodcast.com. Use promo code Mike for $50 off. That's launchingpodcast.com promo code Mike for $50 off. Here's Thomas. All right, today, special guest Thomas Rahimi of USA Taekwondo Olympic, hopeful born March 30th, 1993 in Dallas, Texas. Both of his parents are are immigrants of Afghanistan. He started Taekwondo at the age of four, is currently top 15 in the world, did not have the opportunity, unfortunately, to compete in 2016. We'll get to that later, but 2020 is looking like a pretty good opportunity because in 2018, he was the Pan Am champion, the US Open champion, and the 2018 US Open male athlete of the year. Thomas, thanks for hanging out with us today, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to talk to you. The pleasure is all mine. I promise you that. So if you don't mind, let's start, um, let's start back at the beginning. You know, I'm curious what it's like growing up in, in Dallas, Texas with, uh, immigrant parents. Obviously it's the only thing you know, but I'm sure, um, I'm sure you have a couple of stories that you can get into to give us a, a flavor of what it was like. Um, I was actually pretty fortunate that my parents both, uh, they were, both ran away from Afghanistan before the Soviets came. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad was around 11 or 12 when he ran away. And my mom, a little bit later with her sister, she was around 13. And they lived in New York for a little bit. Um, and then they met each other at NYU. Well, uh, all right, there pretty, we go. Pretty cool story. And just from the age of 13, they were, they were here basically alone and uh, just had a tough life growing up. Um, so essentially, from the age of 13 on, they're basically fully American, mm-hmm. <laughs> Americanized, and uh, just so lucky to have them as role models, and just everything about them is just, uh, can't speak enough about them. Yes. So eventually, they got married, and uh, from there, my dad got a job, job offer to move down to Dallas, and he took it, and then from then on, we've, I was born and raised here, and we've been here since, so. Very cool, man. I love it. I've been to Dallas. It was a wonderful time. The barbecue down there is oh, phenomenal. Uh, no, coming up no. from up here in the Northeast, <laughs> I like my I like my ribs. And uh, when I went there specifically, tried to go to a very, what seemed to me like a very authentic Texas barbecue. And I think I hit the nail on the head because it was absolutely delicious. So Perfect. next yeah. time I come down, you'll have to show me a couple. Yeah, I'll things. show you the right place. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, kudos to your parents for being able to do something like that. That's incredible. Um, and thank you to them for giving you the opportunity to, to, to do everything that you've been able to do. So if you don't mind, um, I know, as you know, as I said in the intro, you started Taekwondo at the age of four, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about that story and, uh, 
what the uh, what what's going on there? So the whole reason I actually started, I was uh, obsessed with the Power Rangers, and then uh, nice. I loved the yellow Power Ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just in love with my favorite color was yellow, everything yellow, yellow toy cars, and uh, so my parents put me in Taekwondo, and when I started Taekwondo, I uh, um, sorry, when I started Taekwondo, I uh, no, you're fine. As you gonna say, I actually started Taekwondo, and when I was doing forms, instead of listening to instructor, I would run around and kick the other kid and practice the Power Ranger moves on the nice. Side. So I eventually got kicked out, uh, and then I came back a year and a half later. But to my dismay, I found out that the yellow Power Ranger was actually actually a girl. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was like, oh no, cooties and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I changed to the Black Power Ranger, but. <laughs> nice so start around five to be solid yeah that's and, pretty cute um yeah i mean what kid didn't watch power rangers at that right. young age i mean they were the best i'm not gonna lie to you thomas occasionally i do um so. look for a little nostalgia and put it on netflix every once in a while but don't nice. tell anybody i hope i hope you don't tell anybody but no that's awesome man i mean what a what a reason to get started into something like this and now to look where it's blossomed in what's blossomed into i think that's incredible um from a funny tv show now to a potential olympic hopeful i just i love these stories they're incredible so if you don't actually mind um let's take a time out for one second from your story and just actually give us a little bit of a rundown from taekwondo it's something that i only watch once every four years to be honest with you and sure. um, I forget the rules every time. So if you don't mind, now I want to have a good understanding. So next time I watch you, I'll know what I'm looking at. So now we have electronic chest protectors mm-hmm. and headgear. So if you make contact with the chest protector, it's two points to the body and it's three points to the head. Mm-hmm. And then for a spinning technique to the body, it's four points. Mm-hmm. And a spinning technique to the face is five points. Mm-hmm. You can win by knockout or you can win by um, outnumbering points and then more points than the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's three twin rounds. And then at the Olympics, um, there's about 16 competitors fighting from mm-hmm. each weight division. Okay. So usually if a country is lucky enough or strong enough, they take two male and two female. Um, the U S last Olympics, I want to say they took, they took four divisions that mm-hmm. we've been taking four divisions for um, all the Olympics so far, luckily. So, mm-hmm. so we hopefully had, we to do it again. We had eight men and we women. Had, we had f- uh, two men and two women. You can, there's, there's eight divisions total, but mm-hmm. each country is only allowed to take two. Oh, to- Oh, like not even from each different weight class, just exactly. total. Just okay. Two wow. Total. All right. Yeah. And two total. And that's if the country qualifies those mm-hmm. two people. Mm-hmm. So if the country doesn't qualify that person through like a, for our region, it's a Pan Am qualifier mm-hmm. where you have to make it to the finals of X amount of Pan Am countries mm-hmm. to be able to represent the Pan Am region to go. Then there's the Asian region, European mm-hmm. and so on. So. so you're not even competing against just solely people in your weight division within our country. You're competing against the whole field. Do I have that yes, correct? Exactly. So uh, then how, how does that decision come down? Is it more just like a, a like, I, I don't, I don't know. Do, do people just sit in a room and think, Hey, Thomas has a better chance of winning than this person in this division over here. Is that kind of how it works? Yeah. Honestly, our process keeps changing. We have of course. Um, compared to the, <laughs> yeah, compared to the last Olympics, our process has definitely changed. 
Um, so we're not sure if it's going to be choosing mm-hmm. right now or if it's going to be a fight off or what the criteria for that fight off or choosing is going to mm-hmm. be. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of new stuff going on in our, in our USA Taekwondo, which is exciting. At the same mm-hmm. time, it's uh, kind of on the edge as well to just yeah. be the, the goal for myself personally, just go out there, perform, mm-hmm. Whether it's great news or bad news, it's going to be news. You just have mm. to go on and continue to uh, just do your best. So. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's that's got to be very frustrating getting used to something and then it's just like, oh, well, actually, it's now it's different. It's like, well, I've been training and doing everything for one specific, you know, reason yeah. and and mm. and and um, one specific result and one um, one final opportunity, and now it's changing. That has to be very frustrating from your standpoint, but also all the other athletes' standpoint, I'm sure too. So, yeah. I, 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 I think the thing is we all have to face it. Exactly. It's yeah. going to be positive or negative. So I'm like, I'm not the only one going through it. I just have to make sure that I focus on my main goal, which is to keep performing and keep mm-hmm. hopefully winning bigger tournaments. So mm-hmm. I love it, man. Well, good yeah. for you. Congratulations. I think it's, uh, I think it's incredible. So let's thank you for that. I appreciate <laughs> it. Now we get a good <laughs> understanding of Taekwondo. So what, um, tell us about, I mean, I guess growing up in the sport, you've been, competing in taekwondo since you were i mean four ish but mostly five what like i know during your your teenage years you had a little bit of trouble but what teenager Mm. doesn't you know so so tell us about just growing up in this sport um leading up to you know the 2016 games everything kind of before that yeah i uh growing up i had uh, two loves one was basketball and one was taekwondo Mm -hmm. i was a huge uh basketball fanatic and player uh growing up so i was always torn in between training for uh, taekwondo which is always after school or i was torn between going to basketball practice which was also always after school um so growing up i was always between the two until um i was 16 or 17 and i realized that um i only had a chance to go to the olympics realistically in one of them and uh the I, it was never about money because obviously it wouldn't be Taekwondo if that was the case. It was just um, back back when I was little, I, I met a couple of Olympians from Taekwondo and it was just the coolest feeling ever. I remember getting my chest guard. We have chest guards, right, that we wear on our stomachs. I, I got it signed by this specific Olympian. I got my headgear signed and I was just starstruck and I wanted to be just like him. Um, and he's um, still one of the greatest athletes ever in our sport, and I was hoping to get the fight off against him in 2016, but um, with the criteria changing, surprisingly, last second, I unfortunately Mm. didn't get the pleasure of competing against him and Mm -hmm. two other people, but it would have been um, a dream come true not only to compete him or to go to the Olympics, and not only to compete against him, but to go to the Olympics mm-hmm. potentially. But so hopefully this time around, um, I can, I can for sure just lock this spot and go and represent the best I can and shoot for the moon. We have our um, fingers crossed, man. We promise you that. Yeah. Unfortunately around like age 12, 13, um, I, I realized I was, I was doing pretty decent in the sport. Mm-hmm. So I went to a tournament called us open Mm-hmm. which we were having as well. Back then, you can uh, fight in older age category if you sign a couple waivers. So I was 12, and I was fighting against a 17-year-old. 
And I, I, up until then, I had never lost like a Taekwondo tournament. I was black belt. I was feeling pretty good about myself. Mm-hmm. I went to this tournament and first fight, this guy just hands it to me. Mm-hmm. It was just not even like, I felt bad for myself. If I was watching for a spectator, I'd just be like, sorry, sorry, poor guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably shouldn't do the sport anymore. <laughs> Well, you were 13 so, fighting against a 17-year-old. I mean, that's yeah, exactly. I mean, that it's, it's it's supposed to work like that. That's how biology works, right? There's yeah, really not much you can do. Yeah, yeah. But as a kid, you don't yeah. understand that, right? Mm-hmm. As a kid, you're like, oh, I hate this sport. Never do it again. I don't want to go back to training. So um, my parents pushed me through it for sure um, when I was 12 or 13, and then uh, I made my first national team as a junior when I was 16. Mm-hmm. So that was just just a big side relief. Um, I finally got over the hill and just captured it, um, captured my national team spot. And ever since then, I've just stuck with Taekwondo. I've, I've, I remember that feeling and I want to have that feeling over and over again mm-hmm. when I get the first time. I love it. That's yeah. awesome, man. And, and, and one thing um, that, you know, when you, the notes you send over, and I appreciate those, makes my life a heck of a lot easier. You actually yeah. considered competing for Afghanistan. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about that and where you're in the timeline that is, because at 16, you made your na- the, the U.S. national team, obviously, right? So at what point was that before or after you made the national team that you considered um, competing for Afghanistan? It was a bit after. Um, it was around 2000. 12 with 2013 world championships coming up mm-hmm. now world championships you have over 100 countries competing for each division so every country comes through to that tournament and that year is going to be held in mexico so the afghanistan team didn't have somebody in my division and i was fortunate enough to meet them at korea open mm-hmm. um, the year before so talking to the head coach, um, he was considering potentially having me as that team member for that spot. So uh, everything was going smoothly. I got my passport. I got everything ready to go um, to fight in Mexico for World Championships. And uh, like they made me at the as soon as it was 2013, they told me that in order to fight world championships or any other tournaments for Afghanistan, I have to live there nine months out of 12. Mm-hmm. And my parents were completely against that. And mm-hmm. Same here. So we said, if, it, if anything's going to happen for you, let's just do it for USA. And mm-hmm. um, that's the country you're born and raised and we're glad to represent. So mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and, and you know, what, what was the, was it just the opportunity to fight in that tournament and other tournaments because the, I don't want to say the competition is low, but the field is small there or like, like what was the reason for even considering? Uh, uh, you know, I think, I think, um, so when I, at that time there, we had a couple of team members here that are very strong. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. I didn't even consider fighting for the U S that year. I don't think I even went to national to fight nationals to make it to that process. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Afghanistan, their funds were low. Mm-hmm. So they're only taking their top athletes. So for their top athletes, it's about like, it was like three or four men and then no females even. Um, so the three or four men were not in my weight category. So that worked out in my favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so you just would have gotten so some, no, 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 no. You would have just gotten some incredible oh, yeah, opportunity at a very young age. Yeah. 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 
happens. You never, yeah, you never know what, what could have happened, but life it just happens the way it's supposed to. So. Mm-hmm. And it happened and your parents said no. And you said, well, okay, sounds good. Uh, <laughs> no, that's cool though. That's really interesting. I've never had the opportunity to speak with an athlete that's been able to at least consider um, competing for another country. I mean, technically anyone could, but you obviously have a pretty, pretty strong lineage um, mm. and connection to Afghanistan considering both your parents are from there. So I think that that's mm. really, really interesting. Um, so that was 2013, 20, was 2012, 2013. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so take us up to 2016. As you kind of alluded to it earlier. You almost had the opportunity to fight in and then all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> everything changed. So tell us about that opportunity, that event, and um, the, the story surrounding that from your point of view. So um, a couple of months before Olympic trials, we had a tournament called Pan Am Trials, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, same idea as Olympics, but it's for the Pan Am region only. And uh, USA announced that to, in order to fight off for that spot, you had to be a top 60 in the world Olympic ranking. Okay. So I was safe with that. I was like ranked 42 at the time. And mm-hmm. so I just, I was able to compete. Um, and I figured for the Olympic process, it'd be something similar. Um, so we're like, okay, like if Pan Am region was top 60, Olympics is for sure going to be top 60 as well. Mm-hmm. And then to our surprise, three months before the official Olympic trial, there's only like two or three tournaments left. We're like, oh no, only top 32 get to fight in Olympic trials. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole exchange of lawsuits and... Oh, whoa whatever uh whatever else and uh, clearly we me myself and a couple other athletes were not successful in the mm-hmm. lawsuit to not to go to olympics but to compete in the olympic yeah. trials to for the best athlete to go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh unfortunately we weren't successful um but it just i don't know it was just not in our favor for some mm-hmm. reason Again, as you said earlier, everything's supposed to just happen the way it happens. Now, um, just that's a really interesting. I mean, I do not remember any hearing anything about that um, at all in the media. Uh, So surprise, right? Um, But like, what does does that does that frustrate you? to a point of, you know, obviously you want to represent your country. That sounds Mm -hmm. very clear. You want to go to the Olympics, (laughs) but just understanding the the people that be the people kind of that head your opportunity to get there, does that frustrate the heck out of you knowing that you're, you're kind of competing for them even though they're trying, not trying to stab you in the back any turn they can, but clearly they're not 100% on your side? Uh, yeah. Answer I this mean, as you may, and if like, anything happens, I can, re- I can edit everything. So okay. say whatever you'd like. Uh, um, man. We're kind of going through the same process right now. It's like... Oh, no. Um, Oh man, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, uh, it's it's tough. It's tough, like mm-hmm. working full time with no uh, support and being one of the top athletes in the sport, representing the country. Um, just no no funding, only for like maybe two or three events. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I, the goal for me has always just been to just laser in on trying to make Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I, if I start to pay more attention to the things I don't have compared to what I do have, I think I'll, I'll struggle a lot more. I'll start looking around and I'll, I'll be worried about somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, um, even uh, like 
even in a fight, like we're trained to not worry about what our opponents do, but about what we do. So mm-hmm. if I feel like if I take that aspect and related to even the process and life itself, I think I'll be, I'll be fine in the end. And, mm-hmm. and um, even though 2016, even being able to compete really hurt and I was completely again, like took a long break after that. Um, I realized that this was a dream that I've always wanted. So if this is something I've wanted to capture, I just have to put my head down and go out and take it. So yeah, don't let anyone else um, affect that. Exactly. Whether how how good or how bad, but yeah, that's you know from my standpoint, like again, never heard anything about that. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's just one of those things that is uh, unfortunately swept under the rug. No one hears about it, and then the Olympics come around and everyone's happy. Um, yeah, but right. clearly there's a lot of stories out there, so that's why I wanted to do something like this, just to get yeah. everybody's side of the story because there's always a few extra sides than people um, people are led to believe. So, mm-hmm. um, very unfortunate situation. And you said you took a long break. Was there? I, I guess just the understanding of no, it doesn't matter. I still want to go to the Olympics. I don't care. Um, did that kind of just help you you come back, or was that long break just a nice cool down period almost? I took a long break, and I was like, you know what, this tournament's close enough. I'll go ahead and con- I'll go ahead and continue. So the tournament came around, and I forgot what it was, but I performed really well. Mm-hmm. And then it just kept going from another one tournament to another mm-hmm. tournament, another tournament. I just. So it started having the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. As the ball was rolling, it just stuck with it a little longer. Mm-hmm. And now I'm trying to make it roll all the way through. So <laughs> Love it. Keep, just keep that snowball rolling down the hill. It just gets yeah. bigger and bigger. Um, yeah, so that's exactly. 2016. Super mm-hmm. unfortunate. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. We're here now, and that's all that matters. 2018, as you said, you kept the ball rolling. And I'll just read it one more time. 2018 Pan American Champion, U.S. Open Champion, mm-hmm. and Male Athlete of the Year. So clearly – the ball was rolling pretty fast. Um, tell us about this past year. And I mean, some of the incredible accomplishments that you were able to, uh, to achieve. Yeah. Um, it's been, I've been blessed. I had a great year. Um, 2018, I, I won us open. And then I, um, actually after us open, I went on a, on a month and a half training camp overseas. Mm-hmm. I went and I competed against the current, like number one and number two ranked fighters, um, I had a great opportunity to train along them, along with their coaches, along be with their at, at their houses, and just spend a good week and a half with each one of them. Um, and uh, I did. I thought I did well, and mm-hmm. I came back, and I, I was just struggling mentally. I was like, um, I don't, I, I didn't know what it was for the longest time. I, I, I didn't know whether I wanted to continue training. Um, not that I didn't want to win. It was just like, I didn't want to do the work leading up to winning. Mm-hmm. So I came home and I locked myself up for about three weeks. I'm talking about like no contact with anybody, just go to work, come back, go to work, come back, go to work, come back. And, um, I was just having such a difficult time just convincing myself to make it to practice or make it to a healthy meal or make it to, um, and I'm not somebody that I thought would ever go through some mental phase mm-hmm. of struggle or so on. I'm, I'm a pretty positive person, but I was just, there's nothing I could do with myself at that time. So through that time, uh, after three weeks, I, I had enough. I started seeking answers to why I feel this way. And uh, I actually reached out to a, a psychologist in the USA um, national team I reached out to a couple people to just say what the feeling what this feeling was from 
And a lot of people pointed out to uh, losing, working so hard and afraid of losing. And for me, it, it was never that. Like, mm -hmm. I love finding the, the biggest fighters. I'm excited to fight, like, the top-ranked athlete always. So I, I couldn't relate to what it was mm -hmm. at all. So I was fortunate enough to listen and meet and greet uh, some very successful people in just different aspects. Um, one was an NFL player. He played 14 years in NFL. Another one was just a business owner, very successful. And I just, they just convinced me that if, in order to be successful, which is the most obvious thing you can hear, you just have to put in insane amount of work. Mm -hmm. Like there's no overnight success. Um, so with the help of them, along with uh, a couple of books and so on, I just went into um, working very, very hard. And uh, I was fortunate enough to win Pan Am Championships in July, like you had said. Mm -hmm. And again, I went through that phase again. So I reached out to um, a former Olympian from the U.S. and a former rival as well, Terrence Jennings. Um, and he's also in the same exact sport. <coughs> and I asked him what it was for him that kept him going. And he was another person I gave great advice. And from then on, I've just... I've been working hard and also performing pretty well too. Mm -hmm. And our last event of the year was Grand Prix. Um, was a Grand Prix finale where the top 16 fighters go. And I was um, from each weight category. And I was fortunate mm -hmm. enough to be the only, um, you, I think, Pan-American athlete to make it to the top eight. So that was exciting. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. And we got, thank you. And now we got US Open coming back around. So. Mm -hmm. That's the next next tournament for us. Again, let's keep yeah. that ball rolling, man. Yeah, time it. to get it back to rolling. That's right. Absolutely. Well, Thomas, thank you so much for being very honest with us. I mean, obviously, that's that's a struggle for a lot of athletes. Um, that's a struggle just for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and really kind of getting your wheels kind of stuck in the mud a little bit and just kind of feel like you're spinning. And clearly, um, it almost seems like that was the case and you were able to get out of it um, through speaking with other people, getting a little yeah. extra inspiration. And then a couple of those books, what were those books? If you, uh, if you don't mind telling us. Um, so one of them was, uh, the one that really hit me was, um, by Tim Stover. It's called relentless. He oh, is, Tim uh, Grover. Yes. Tim, I'm sorry. Tim Grover. Yes. That right. book's incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. And he trained with Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. He just talks. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot of men mentality tricks mm -hmm. and, um, it's just, you got to go out there and do it is the main, main thing. Like hundred yeah, percent. Nobody else is going to do it for you. The greatest work harder mm -hmm. than the good. And that's what makes them the greatest. So absolutely brother. I love that. Yeah, that's a, that's a very, very good book. I've read that a few times. Really? I love it. Um, it's always nice to kind of reread it every once yeah, in a while exactly. um, just to kind of remember, cause it's easy to remember some of it, but just getting that jolt of energy um, mm -hmm. is super cool. And then all the stories he tells about Dwayne Wade and Michael Jordan, if I'm not, yeah, really, you know, just, and, yeah, like, they're, they're yeah, cool awesome. stories. So that, yeah. that helps too. Yeah. But that's awesome, man. Well, thank you very much um, again yeah. for being open, honest, intimate with us. That makes mm -hmm. these so much more enjoyable because now we can kind of step into your shoes for lack of a better term um, when it comes to at least understanding your mentality. So thank yeah. you for that. So this was 20, 18. I mean, we're in 2019 now, as you said, U S opens are coming up and then mm -hmm. what's right around the corner, man, less than 18, right around 18 months away. Um, we got yeah. the, the 2020 games. Um, so tell us a little bit about 
what qualifying, I mean, you kind of went into qualifying a little bit, but now it's kind of changed almost, it sounds like. So mm-hmm. what do you have to do to make sure that you put yourself in the best possible position um, to qualify for the games or at least give yourself the best chance to qualify? Yeah. Well, uh, we have a couple of events this year that are pretty um, pretty strong. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say like points of who can perform at the games, like indicators almost like exactly. Okay. Um, uh, so an example is like Pan Am qualifiers mm-hmm. is coming up, but mm-hmm. Pan Am qualifiers takes us to the Pan Am games. Mm-hmm. And then Pan Am games is basically the exact um, duplicate of the Pan Am region qualifier in 2020. Mm-hmm. So okay. whoever does performs well in the Pan Am games and then we have about three to four Grand Prix this year as well. And the Grand Prix are um, top 32 fighters in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a chance to fight off in a city and just see who's the best that day. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I want to say a U.S. male athlete hasn't won or placed in that in over five years maybe. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, the most recent has been um, Paige McPherson. She mm-hmm. won last year. Um, I want to say near October. Mm-hmm. Paige McPherson, and, by the way, special uh, special friend of the podcast. So if you haven't, go back good and listen. Friend, her good, yeah, good friend of make everybody. Sure, make make awesome. sure to go back and listen to her episode <laughs> if you haven't. But um, that's great. What uh, what any any? So you're um, top fifty. Oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. And then this year is also top um, is also world championships. Okay. For us, world championships is a ridiculous amount of points for us, and mm-hmm. our ranking system is by points. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these events I've named, you can collect a great amount of points, but the main one this year is world championships in May. Mm-hmm. That one, who, if you place in that one, you're basically a lock in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So that's hopefully, awesome. yeah, that's, that's the goal this year. All right. Well, May is only, I mean, it's February 25th. That's so a, I was going to say, it's pretty much March. Um, so dude, good luck. That's be main. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, I mean, it's practically <laughs> Um, no, that's awesome, dude. Congratulations. Um, so you're, you're top 15. So I know you're top five in the world in one category, but top 15 in the world in one of the Olympic weight divisions, correct? Exactly. So okay. the Olympics go to four divisions, mm-hmm. to which I'm, I want to say I'm ranked number 12, 13 mm-hmm. currently. And then for world championships and other events, everything um, is ranked for eight divisions. Okay. So those four split into eight Mm-hmm. So it becomes eight male and eight female. Um, and I am ranked number five in the world for the lightweight division. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. And then when it merges, it's considered Walter to which I'm 12 or 13. Okay. Very cool. And is there any other males ahead of you? U.S. males? Um, currently in the U.S., there is not. And I think somebody is there's two or three athletes close. There's mm-hmm. one in another division. Mm-hmm. He's a heavyweight. Steven Lambin, I want to say he's around 13, 12, 13 as well. Mm-hmm. And then um uh Jason Ishida is around uh, is super close to me as well. I want mm-hmm. to say he's in the same division. He's about 14, 15, I want to okay. say. So, Very yeah. cool. So we have some competition. Um, yeah. So so it's it's going to be pretty pretty heated. And what's it like? I mean, training and being friends with some of these guys, but then also understanding that you are competing directly against them to reach one of your highest goals that you've set for yourself. Yeah. I mean, um, both of these guys. They're um, luckily. It's for for me. I'm very open. 
mm-hmm. um, I'm just good friends, like type that's friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, there's, first off, there's a tremendous amount of respect for all three of us and I've known their families mm-hmm. growing up throughout. So mm-hmm. I just say hi, invite to their parents, like completely normal. And we've just been, we've grown up in the sport. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's just, for me personally, it's like, it's a dream. It's, it's awesome that we get the chance to even can be considered for this. So at the end of the day, 10 years from now, one of us is going to have kids and it's going to be awesome to tell like, Oh yeah, that was like my biggest rival or that's going to be somebody mm-hmm. I used to train with and so on and so forth. So, for me, it's just we. It's it's me against me more than mm-hmm. anything else. So mm-hmm. that's the way I look about it, look at it for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, that's kind of <laughs> as you were saying before. The, the best you can do is the best you can do, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's pretty much as as long as you do that, you're going to put yourself in the best position. If they do better, so be it. Um, but yeah. you know, at the same time, you know, obviously you're on today, so we're crossing our fingers for you. <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Maybe and then how <laughs> how does um. What is different from the 2016 trials? Have they come out and said that? Because it sounds like it would be in their best case scenario to, to just say that as early as possible at this point. Unfortunately, I wish I could give you that answer. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the process, um, even for world championships, changed on everybody super last second. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, the process came out in December, but it started surprisingly in October, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And it was October and... and uh, the part is some people believe it's in favor of specific athletes mm-hmm. um, to lock their spots for uh, world championships. Mm-hmm. But as far as Olympics, there's still no process announced. It's just um, hopefully I'm considered right. No, I'm just kidding. I was going to say you're pretty high up there currently. So I yeah. find it very hard to believe you'd fall below um, mm-hmm. that 32, even let's call it Mark. Yeah, um, right. So, you know, confidence, confidence on that side, but I'm just yeah. kind of curious. Um, if anything came out, but it doesn't sound like it did. So, Hey, I'm curious too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just do your best and we'll be rooting for you. That's really all we can say. Exactly. Um, So very cool, man. Um, good luck with all that. Obviously, as we said, you know, May is right around the corner. Then, you know, from May to the Olympics is really not that long. What? 12, 14, 15 ish months, not even. Yeah, exactly. We're we're just announced for July. We're going to be a July, uh, Olympics so for our, our, our tournaments. So. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, yeah, let's do it. I'm excited. I always am. Um, so that, that's fantastic. So um, I kind of want to switch gears a little bit now and you've, you, you and I have talked about it. Your background shows um, a little bit about it. Not that anyone can see that currently, but what um, I know you have a full-time job um, working mm-hmm. for a software company. I think, as you told me, um, what is it like? And, and I mean, working for, you know, incredible for them for allowing you to do everything. I think that's mm-hmm. phenomenal. But what is it like having to work full time, not really receiving any support from the USOC and, and still keeping your hopes that high and, and really having two full time jobs, you know, yeah. like what, tell us what that's like and, and how frustrating and, and fulfilling that can be. Um, it's, it's difficult at times for sure, because you walk into practice and you're just exhausted from the work yeah. day or the phone call, like two hour conference call you had mm-hmm. and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. But at the same time is, it's just awesome because not many people really do get this opportunity to be working and chasing their dream at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the same time as learning all day at work, I'm at training as well, learning all day and just a different aspect. Um, so I work 96. I work for a software company. 
um, I help with consulting support um, phone calls I help with marketing just little things here and there um, it's a small company so um, I've been lucky to we all know each other we all know each other's families goals and um, I've seen their kids go to school mm -hmm, and everything. Mm -hmm. so it's just a family oriented company so I, I think it's very difficult but I, I was very blessed to have this opportunity with everything I have the way it is mm -hmm. um, but it's very tiring as well um, you have training before sometimes and then you have training after for sure but um, as you get closer and closer to your goal you have to make sacrifices mm -hmm. so eventually like you can either complain about it or just go out and do it so mm -hmm. so right now i'm in the tired and going out and do it mm -hmm. <laughs> so i love that's, it that's awesome yeah i mean so um here's an interesting question getting closer and closer to the games and especially for some of these giant tournaments coming up <laughs> i don't think they're like one day long correct and then with all the travel and everything how how um i don't want to say accepting but how lenient has your your job been with you know the understanding i mean right now it's you know 10 o'clock in the morning where you are if i'm not mistaken and we're doing yeah. this interview so clearly they understand what you're trying to do on, on a whole so how how have they been able to work with you in that way to make sure that you're able to do both yeah they've been very lenient and uh, luckily a lot of my work is through the computer and emails as mm -hmm. well so i'm constantly near my phone or on my phone <laughs> answering emails or answering simple texts mm -hmm. or uh, just uh, reaching out to somebody, making sure they're okay or anything or so on. But um, I've been lucky to be surrounded by some of the best people I've ever met. Um, from each of them, I learned something different, mm -hmm. um, whether it's about uh, life or going shopping or, <laughs> yeah, it's just awesome. Like the characters that are around me is just, incredible it's mm. just an amazing feeling so. yeah thank you to them yeah. that's incredible yeah, um, you know Can't just just the enough. understanding and giving you the opportunity to make money because obviously it's necessary you got to live your life but also mm -hmm. um to go after a goal and it's a mm -hmm. huge goal and everybody can understand that and it sounds like they're they're pushing for you as much and if you need anything it sounds like they're very very welcoming and then mm -hmm. able yeah. to get you that um so with with that being said, and and you know, thank you to them. Obviously, mm -hmm. again, one more time, that's incredible. But does does your mind ever play tricks on you, or not even tricks, but you know, understanding that you're not putting a hundred percent into Taekwondo, and obviously, again, you're you're a person, you need to make money. Like, does mm -hmm. that ever frustrate you in understanding that all this time, you know, I put that in air quotation marks, could be utilized training rather than splitting your time apart? Again, mm -hmm. understanding it's necessary, but at the same time. Is there an opportunity for you to maybe around May of next year to just stop working for three months and then really just focus as much possible time into this? Or is that not even, you don't even think about that part? Um, so the times I have been having difficulty, difficulties with the most is um, just actually the other way around. For me, it was going to Taekwondo training and letting my team down. Okay. Um, more than anything just mm -hmm. because I see how hard they work I see I know their families like I said and I know the sacrifices they make as well but um, and that also in, turns into man I wish I could train Taekwondo two times a day three times a day two hours of practice mm -hmm. but it's just not in the carts yeah. so um, you just have to put in the extra work on weekends and mm -hmm. 
and at night you have to stick in a little extra and put in some some extra reps um but luckily i have such a strong support group around me that they motivate me inspire me and they're more than willing to help each and every single one of them are such loving and caring people and luckily i'm just in case i'm near my phone in case mm-hmm. i'm like hey be on this call or hey meet be at this event or so on and so forth mm-hmm. so Cool. That's good to know. Um, I I really appreciate that answer. Uh, Definitely an interesting question. And hopefully, um, you know, it's, it's cool that we ask all these things. I'm here. I want to help you tell your story. I I just ask questions. I want to know the answer too. So don't worry. Um, Two last things, uh, two last topics I want to get to one um, ghost Taekwondo, uh, something you've created. And I'm kind of curious about it. If you don't mind explaining that to, to us here and giving us an understanding of what that is and how you're able to create it and, and what it means to you and how it can help the community. Sure. So uh, growing up, I always wanted to learn from the best, right? Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want at that time? Steven Lambden was a big name. Growing up, he was uh, just winning every tournament. And at that time, Steven Lopez was also a great name in, in the U.S. Um, so if I fought a tournament I, and I wanted somebody to critique me, I would love for it to be somebody like those two guys, mm-hmm. right? So I tried to bring that concept back around um, today with technology um, uh, where somebody can potentially send me their videos and I can critique them through a FaceTime event Mm -hmm. or I can just send them a video review with just um, different drawings on Mm -hmm. it and, and arrows and talking over the video as well. So that's the goal short term, but long term, the reason I call it ghost is because I want to bring in different people from different countries uh, mm-hmm. to potentially help as well. Mm-hmm. Because Taekwondo is a worldwide sport and I don't speak every language, mm-hmm. but I want people, anybody in the world to be able to access a top level athlete in this sport. So whether it's um, Aaron Cook, for example, he was ranked number one for, I want to say nearly 10 years, which is incredible or a female champion at the same time, girls would love to reach out to another Mm -hmm. girl and hear what they're thinking. Um, So the goal is to make it international, but right now we're, we're at the process before. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's awesome. Hopefully it goes well. Ghost Taekwondo, Make sure you follow it and mm-hmm. <laughs> send, Don't your, worry. send your own Taekwondo video, Michael. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. We'll see, man. We'll see. Um, I will, I'll make sure everything's in the show notes, website, um, social media, all that stuff. So all, everything will be in there. So hopefully a couple extra a couple extra people will be paying attention to that. So well, have, you, have you seen some successes with it already? Have you received yeah, a bunch I've of had a, It's only been out for like two, three months, and I mm-hmm. haven't pushed it too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I had a... Um, my cousin passed away recently. Oh, so, very sorry to hear that. Man. First, so he was so young and he was the first person in our whole family. Like, and I'm talking about even like elder people to mm-hmm. pass away. And it's just been taking a toll on everybody around me and mm-hmm. myself. And it's, it's been tough. So mm-hmm. I haven't really been promoting it or pushing it too hard lately just because I've been so distracted and mm-hmm. just trying mm-hmm. to stick with little goals daily to uh, deal with it, uh, mm-hmm. I guess is the word. But um, after these next two events, you hopefully U.S. Open goes well, and then we have the Pan Am qualifier. If those two events go well, my plan is to blow it up even more. So absolutely, yeah. I mean, you're going to be there. Tell everybody about it, and uh, yeah. you know, hopefully everyone gets on board and we'll rock and roll from there. So that's awesome, man. Well, again, sorry about your cousin. That's extremely unfortunate. Um, but it sounds like you got a pretty cool tool here. You got a pretty cool business, and hopefully. 
hopefully this, uh, this gets you a little something and helps a lot of people around the world. It sounds like, so I think that'll be uh, pretty incredible. So that almost segues relatively nicely, nicely into the last topic. Um, one thing I always like to ask athletes about, um, is your life after your sport. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Taekwondo, I'll be honest, I don't know what the average or the, the later stage ages of mm-hmm. you know some of the elite athletes are, but at the same time, I do understand it's probably not 50, 60, and 70. Um, mm-hmm. So someone like me, where I can talk into a microphone for the rest of my life, which cross my fingers, I really hope is true. So. <laughs> um, uh, you know, you know the, the opportunity there I can do forever. Um, with athletes, there's always going to be the young 25-year-old that's better than you and, and it's going to have that quicker step. So what is your life after your sport? I know we got 2020 and potentially 2024, but what are what are some of the other things? Is, is it software? Is it, you know, blowing up ghosts? Is it uh, a couple different things that you're interested in? You know, tell us about what, I guess, the, yeah, uh, uh, the post-career career is. So the software company I work for is in the medical field. Okay. So I'm excited to hopefully by the time 2020 is over to do something significant in the medical field mm-hmm. as well, whether it's open up a lab or it's um, something with research or something with, um, uh, there's so much you could do in the specific field we're in. Um, the goal is to definitely stay in, in the medical side mm-hmm. and uh, the goal segment takes off. Great. But um long-term goal is to definitely just do something in in the um it's actually ivf ivf field so pretty Mm -hmm. excited pretty excited for what's next as well so hopefully 2020 we perform and have the greatest performance of the day and Mm -hmm. and then uh one and done (laughs) love it man well hey good luck that is incredible like Thomas, thank you so much um, for this opportunity to to get to speak with you and learn a little bit more about you one more time. Thomas Rahimi, USA Taekwondo, Olympic hopeful, top 15 in the world currently, and I'm sure that number will be rising pretty soon. So Thomas, really appreciate your time today, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Our Athletes with Thomas Rahimi. As I said, it was absolutely a blast to get to learn what he's been through, um, what he's going through, and really get to just see him become successful. I think it's so much so much fun, and I think it's super, super cool. So we really appreciate his time and, and on the show, but also his time just in general trying to compete for Team USA. So please make sure to follow Thomas. All of his socials will be in the show notes. Please make sure to follow us at ourathletes.us on Instagram, at ourathletesusa on Twitter, www.ourathletes.us on the interwebs, just to see kind of some of the stuff we got rocking and rolling. And if you want to give me some feedback, which I would really appreciate, Michael at ourathletes.us. And please give us five stars on the Apple Podcast Store. That would be sincerely helpful. Um, Or really anywhere that you can rate and review, do it. We would love it. So thank you again. Make sure to go to launchingpodcasts.com using promo code Mike for $50 off. And um, without further ado, I'll let you get back to the rest of your day. Thank you so much.